You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Start with prayer and then I'll let them get going. Father in heaven, thank you so much for just being with us throughout us this entire week. And it's Friday, it's hard to believe, but um, you have brought us through and we have just uh, been so blessed by all the different seminars that we've been um, privileged to attend. Today, as Chris and Elise share, I just pray that you will um, just help them to share what you would have, uh, what each person here needs to hear. And we just thank you so much for your presence. And as the Sabbath draws on, we um, ask that you will help us to be ready to meet with you in a special way and that you will um, just put your hand over this whole campground. Thank you for the rain. And um, it'd be really nice if, if you wanted to help it stop a little bit. But we are thankful anyway. And um, we're just thankful for a nice dry place to be. So we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Gail. Um, it's, I know it's hard. To, anyway, um, I appreciate it better because I had this is a topic that I think is I'm very glad that it continues to get um, integrated into the family life um, curriculum that, that Gail continues to, to run um, because it's huge. It's a, it's a huge issue um, as far as finances and, and marriage and life in general. So, anyway. My objective today, or our objective, I'm going to have Elise jump in a couple, couple times on a couple little things here just to kind of give us a different perspective. But um, my, my main objective today is just to kind of give a few little takeaways, um, some stuff that's worked for us, worked for clients of mine, um, and it's, it's just kind of some simple takeaways that, that are actionable items. So anyway, that's, that's what we're going to do um, as we kind of move forward. So. And we're small enough of a group. If anybody has anything in the middle, I mean, please feel free to you know, interact or whatever. Can everybody see the, the, the screen up here okay? Is that, that working? Okay. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, if you look at um, most studies, and I know you guys know all this, but most divorces, um, at least a good percentage of it, is because of money fights and money issues. And so it's a real issue. And, you know, it's something that obviously, whether, you know, you have had issues in your marriage or your kids or grandkids or whatever, um, it's, it's a real thing. So, um, I mean, the reality is, is um, you know, most people, um, it, it's, it's just a struggle for. So, this is some stats. There's, there's various ones around, and some of these, you know, after COVID, I don't know if you can see that, but if you look at some of the numbers, 81% um, have some stress related to finances, 47% um, are spending more than or equal to their income, 45% do not have enough savings to cover three months of living expenses. So, you know, and, and I've read a lot of different studies over this whole COVID year last year, which just kind of brought people to their knees and they realized, wow, as soon as the income stops, you know, what are we going to do? So that's the, the kind of stresses that we have that are kind of building up. And, um, you know, the reality is, is it's, um, for many people, it's a challenge. This was just, uh, you probably can't see that, but um, 
it's uh, just kind of a cute little slide. Working for your bank account looks like a phone number and it says uh, 911 up there. So, um, anyway, but the reality is, is that people just don't really want to deal with their finances. Um, the psychologists say that they would, people would rather talk about their sex life versus, you know, their finances with people. So. Um, thanks a lot, Gail, for bringing me in for having to talk to you guys about stuff that nobody wants to talk about. But um, if you look at, at kind of where things, you know, are with money, it kind of symbolizes different things to different people. And as you look through that list, I mean, you look at control, power, kind of similar, security. That's a big one for a lot of people. It's a lot of, especially women, tend to be. You know, on the security side of things, love, um, you know, gifts and so forth, um, status. That's something in our society that's a real issue. I think that is, you know, in our Facebook, Instagram, you know, Pinterest society that we're living in. Um, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and you know having the nicest stuff and a new car and whatever. Um, so it's it's just interesting as you as you kind of go through. Um, look at how it means different things to different people and, and just kind of think about what that might mean to you as you kind of go through um, you know your day-to-day day-to-day life um, I'm going to give you just a little bit of a background on myself I'm not going to go real deep on this it's not um, all that important for today but just to give you some perspective of where I'm coming from I grew up um, in Battle Creek so not too far from here um, had a great family obviously my my sister um, I was the baby of the family. I was I was kind of. Um, um, I think I've got a little slide on here. This is a good one. I don't know if you can see that. That's Gail and I. When I was, I don't know, two maybe Gail. I'm not sure, but she doesn't look that much different. She dresses a little different now. The bell bottoms, but <laughs> we had our little sticks heading off on a, on a hike. But um, so anyway, I, I had a great family, a great upbringing. And when I was in college, um, my wife and I ended up meeting, um, my oldest brother Greg had a sports camp, it was an all-boys sports camp um, in Climax, Michigan, which is kind of in between Kalamazoo and Battle Creek. And um, I, I don't know what he was thinking, but he, had, he hired my wife, Macy, and her sister to come in to this all-boys sports camp um, to work that summer. She was a nurse and her sister did crafts and stuff. I've never seen lines of boys trying to come into the uh, um, medical building in that place. It was it was an interesting summer. But anyway, I ended up chasing her down to Southern. Um, she had one more year of her nursing degree and I chased her down there and I ended up taking a year off. And um, we ended up getting married the following year. So this was in 96 we ended up getting married. So we're hitting 25 years this year. Um, but it was an interesting go because I had two years left of school, and so she was putting me through school. And guys, <laughs> we tend to have this um, this this need to feel like we are a provider and we're you know giving a lot to the family and our, our spouse. And I was working a little bit, but going to school and whatever, and those were kind of a little bit challenging um, years. And so uh, I just would encourage women who, and a lot of you guys look like you probably have potentially been married for a while, I don't know, but um, the, 
to look at your guy and give them affirmation based on who they are, not their income or not their um, status. So anyway, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. That's that's something um, that, that we had kind of gone through. And nothing against Macy, obviously, but um, anyway, so we, we kind of went on and we moved back to Battle Creek and um, I ended up as a fresh-faced, young-looking kid going into the investment, financial services world, you know, going out to older folks with money and, you know, saying, hey, can I help you manage your money and, you know, help you with finances and really, you know, little, little kid here, a little boy, um, you know, like their grandkids age sometimes. So, needless to say, it was a bit of a up-and-down um, first few years for me as I was kind of getting into it. Um, Elise came along in 2000, um, two years after that, and um, we made the commitment that Macy was going to be kind of part-time, and we'd work when, you know, she would, she would work some, you know, as, uh, as a nurse, and she did some home stuff and um, whatever, but the, the objective was to try and have mom home with, you know, with the baby, and so we were cruising along pretty well at that point, but um, when our second daughter was born in 2003, um, that was the financially worst year of my life. Um, we, it was, it was a, like embarrassingly low income for that year. The stress of, you know, a little Elise, you know, running around and then a new baby and hormones and everything. I mean, that was a, that was a challenging period of life. I believe that God intended that for us and wanted us to be able to, you know, kind of have some challenges to be able to get a little bit stronger through it all. So um, I was fortunate enough to be able to join a, um, a really good um, financial planning and wealth management firm that gave some stability to my income and, and things kind of started working out from there. But that also gave me opportunity um, you know, not only for education and stuff, but to see a lot of different situations. So we had, you know, a client, uh, you know, the retired CEO of a large corporation, thinks breakfast cereal in Battle Creek. Um, you know, so on one end of the spectrum, worked a lot with, you know, 401k plans and groups where there was like, you know, a, a girl at the front desk at a doctor's office that, um, you know, paycheck to paycheck, um, single mom type of thing. So kind of the spectrum and the, and the you know, gap as far as that goes. Um, so I've gotten to see a lot of things and, and just kind of where we've been, you know, in our, our experience in life as well. Um, so anyway, that kind of takes us to where we're at now, um, you know, kind of mid to late 40s and uh, our family is expanding. We've got a, um, I guess I should have shown the one that you guys were into, you, Tim and Tracy. I, um, we are... Are so blessed. We've been praying since our girls were little, and part of our family, and I guess part of theirs, and whatever. I guess we'll, we'll be sharing, but um, it's it's pretty cool. So anyway, so we're gonna have um, you know Lisa's perspective as as she's kind of jumping into this whole thing um, and, and kind of things that she's talked through over the last three and a half four years of their relationship and just kind of some stuff that comes up um, as we go, but. Uh, like I said, I, the, the reason I'm bringing that up, I, I think it's really important to look at backgrounds and how you relate and interrelate with each other as a couple, because everybody has a different perspective on where you know where they are with money, how they interplay with money, and you know what it means to them, and and 
you know, kind of as we go forward. Um, you know, really, it, it comes down to, I think, communication. I think you probably all know that, but it's, it's, a, it's a daily walk, I think, with, with communication and, and just kind of having keys that we can, can work on. Um, you know, as, as we look at it, the way that, you know, the differences with men and women, um, you know, men, we tend to share facts. You know, it's, it's more factual type things. Women express their feelings. Um, then we connect by doing things, going out and, you know, I, um, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. I, I can connect with people who go out and, you know, ride hard on our mountain bikes in the woods. I can connect that way. You know, Macy is much more of a, you know, connect by talking. It's kind of the, the female side of it. Um, men were obviously more competitive many times. Um, women are more cooperative, usually. Um, independent versus independent. So, just you know, kind of as we're as we're looking at um, the dynamics and how we interrelate with money, it's just good to understand and remember God made us differently, and that we're supposed to be that way. It's just how do we react? So, what I wanted to do, and I don't know if you're going to be able to see this. This is something I'm going to, I've got a couple handouts. I've printed a couple things up. They're two-sided. I'm going to send this. Um, when you leave, there's a couple things Gail will get to you in the back. But this is on the back of one of them. And I'm going to have Elise come up now. But this is something I came across that I think is really valuable um, as a, just kind of helping to understand your partner. Um, and this is something that I, had Elise go through, um, they've talked through, and, and they've been talking about this type of stuff before, but just to kind of have a formality. And I think there's different phases of life where you kind of move back and forth on these things. So Elise, if you wouldn't mind kind of sharing just kind of some of the things that maybe you took from this and maybe shared, if it looks like it might be some value for especially young couples going through. Okay, yeah. So. Um... I've heard a lot about money my whole life, obviously, um, and it's kind of, it gets monotone after, you know, 21 years of hearing it, and um, this is something that helped me to kind of visualize, because I'm definitely a very visual learner, hands-on, like I need to be doing it to learn it. Um, so I talked to my fiance, uh, actually we were even talking about it last night, um, about this uh, chart or whatever and it basically the biggest thing for me was that this opened up communication where I actually wanted to talk about it um, and I don't like talking about money um, and part of that comes from the fact that I'm an avid spender um, and I'm like all the way on you know um, and Timothy is more of a saver he likes to save up and get things um, that are you know worth more uh, his dad's going to get some input here. <laughs> um, and so as we were going down this, um, as you would have guessed, I'm also a free spirit. Um, I like to just walk into a store and be like, oh my goodness, those shoes are so cute, and buy those. But like Timothy will think about it for three weeks, and he'll be like, I could probably get them cheaper on Amazon. And like, you know, <laughs> so it's always a journey. Um, <laughs> so he's definitely more of the nerd. Um, and 
And some of these we meet in the middle. Um, one of the ones that we were talking about um, was quality over quantity. Um, and I've grown up um, with my parents uh, buying, like, they'll save up and buy something of a good brand or a good renowned company um, that'll last us. And it's not something that, you know, you get from Walmart and you have to replace it in a couple years. So I've seen that We're example. We're not bashing on Walmart here, by the way. I love Walmart. <laughs> um, so I, I just have always seen that example of um, going for quality and spending your money on things that are going to last instead of, you know, getting more and more, um, even though it may cost the same. And as we're moving into our um, marriage in September, um, we're talking a lot about safety versus status because we're at the age where it's super easy to, you know, buy a Tesla or something that, like, when you have the money for it, like, why not? Um, and you kind of have to sit back and check yourself a little bit. Is that more status or is that, are we going to sit here safely in our savings? Um, even, you know, so it's things like that where you have to, like, think through it a lot, and that's something that we've been talking about a lot. And also, um, just really quickly, also with the plan and spontaneous giving, I, um, all through, like, my schooling and stuff, like, I've definitely um, always, my parents have uh, always touched on tithing and um, giving back and giving um, donations to things that you're passionate about, and I've... Um, it's been hard for me to learn that in real life because it's something that doesn't come naturally and it's something that um, is definitely learned, especially when, um, you know, when I was in elementary school and high school, I was getting my tithe taken out of my paycheck automatically. So that's something that I've had to re-implement in my own mind and think like some of this money is God's, this isn't of my own doing, and that's definitely something that Timothy and I have been talking a lot about as well. Thank you for that. I, it's it's good as a parent to see maturity and uh, see this uh, um, this progression. So that's cool. Um, and we're we're super proud of you guys. You had a they've they've had a wonderful um, just the building up of their relationship and stuff is like you know enviable. It's, Kind of put Macy and I to shame, you know, 25 years ago, honestly. So I think everybody, you know, can, can learn from that. Um, so just to kind of keep keep moving on here, um, the the biggest thing, and this is something that, you know, I, I think is is a continual um, process for all of us. I don't know if you can see that all that well, but the, the biggest thing, and I, I am always bringing this up, just at the stage of life where we're at, I mean, we're kind of at that point where our kids were, were effective at empty nesters at this point. Um, our younger daughter, Aaliyah, is here at Great Lakes. Um, she's going to be doing her senior year here. Aaliyah's been down at Southern, and, um, you know, so it's been kind of a different phase for us, and so, you know, I'm... I'm constantly bringing this back and saying we need to dream together. We need to, to look out into the future. And I really strongly would recommend that 
for anybody to actually physically write down the goals, look forward, you know, do it separately, and then put them together and talk about it. And sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's not as fun because there may be it may bring up conflict a little bit potentially if you're on a different page. But just having that out there, that dream can can really, I think, pull us towards something. If we don't have a goal, if we don't have a, something to shoot for, we can just vacillate and kind of go wherever. And I think that um, that's something that I've tried to, you know, really, um, really work on. And I, the other thing that I kind of, you know, that I have up there, I don't know if you can see these, but the, the focusing on the why. Why do we want this? Why are we doing this? Why are we? And, and just constantly repurposing it through that why. I think it's a big thing, and then um, make sure to celebrate. Make sure to, you know, when you hit these little milestones and you get to wherever, um, celebrate, do the little trips, do the whatever, whatever you do. Um, I just think it's, it's so important. Um, this is kind of a cool, I don't know if it's kind of a cool saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Just to be on the same page and pulling the same direction and going toward that, the next thing I wanted to kind of just talk about was something that my grandpa, he's he passed away quite a few years ago now, but it's something that he taught me. It's not, it's not individual to him, but when making decisions, when making goals, when, making, when looking at things, um, to try to help solidify and bring um, some clarity to it, um, he shared the, to be able to do the, the Ben Franklin T. And our girls have gotten so tired of this through the years. I, I would always be like, you know, they would want, you know, a new iPhone or they would want this or that, and I'd have them. I was like, show me the Ben Franklin T, the pros and cons, and the what's the, you know, the, the pro and con of it. And maybe I'm a big nerd for it, I don't know, but it's just something that I have found that, that helps. Just put your pros, put your cons, pray about it, take days, you know, especially the bigger stuff, take days, um, don't, don't impulsively. For it, and and something that um, that I fully believe this um, the personal finance is eighty percent behavior, only twenty percent head knowledge or you know technical knowledge. Um, it's it just is. I mean, I've I've watched so many couples through the years, and so the one thing that and sometimes this is almost a curse word to some couples, and, and it, it's hard, especially you know going back to that that thing, the, the nerd versus the free spirit. The free spirit does not like to sit down and do a budget. <laughs> I'm married to a free spirit. Um, I, I can have free spirited tendencies, but I'm a little bit more like her fiance. Um, and so I think it's just really important, obviously, to do the budget, but I think one spouse needs to be responsible for it. So you have kind of that person who in the relationship, so like in our household, my wife Macy actually keeps the checkbook and meticulously keeps the checkbook more than I ever would. And I, I work in finance, but I mean, she's like to the penny always. And it's awesome because, you know, I don't have to worry about that. But any of the bigger stuff, you know, I talk through and we, you know, insurance, investments, all that kind of stuff, obviously, you know, I get involved and, and we talk about it regularly. But um, I think that's huge, um, both being in agreement, um, meeting regularly, that budget committee, you know, type of thing. Um, 
one of the things that I think has really, really helped in this last few years, the technology for budgeting um, is has increased exponentially. And there are apps out there, some free, some not, um, that really can almost do it for you. Um, I, I have um, one that I have for for clients and some 401k groups that I manage that it, that's kind of the purpose of it is it tracks their spending for a while and then helps them build it. And um, I would strongly recommend um, getting involved with something like, um, I'm, I've got a, I've got a handout. I put, I put a couple of things together. I, um, you'll get it at the end here, but this potentially helpful resources and um, being in the industry that I am, I have my little disclosure in the bottom and all that, you know, but like this may not be for you type of thing, but I just, I truly, um, I've been using for the last, I don't know how many years now, I've been using a software called Mint. I don't know if anybody out there has used Mint before. Um, it's free. Um, the annoying thing about it is that it throws up ads for credit cards and different things here and there. I just kind of ignore that. Um, but what it's doing is you link all of your different accounts. So if you've got, you know, a checking account here, you've got a mortgage over here, you've got a, you know, if you've got whatever, car payments or whatever, everything that has basically a username and password for the most part and has a balance, um, it feeds into the software and it starts tracking it. So you can keep track of your transactions and watch things. So I can pull my phone out at any time and see every transaction. I can look and see what our our net worth is at any time because I can see all of our assets. I can see everything on one page, um, run reports, do whatever. It's super helpful. And the other thing is, is that both spouses can have a um, you know access to that. You can have that on your phone or you know, even on the computer or whatever. Um, I've just found that that is a super helpful thing, especially for me. Macy doesn't really use it a lot. She has access and can see. Um, but that's more of my nerdiness, I guess, that's doing that. But I think for the one who's really kind of administering more in a relationship, that's something that's very helpful. Um, there's a couple other ones out there that are really good. The Every Dollar app, um, the, the Ramsey um, group, is, is a really good one. Um, I'm not going to get the ads and stuff like that. They have a free version, but it doesn't pull all the bank accounts in. And I would strongly recommend to have the bank accounts feed in. Um, they're... And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about their, their stuff um, in a little bit. I'm not here just to be like, you know, go to Dave Ramsey's um, thing, but they have a lot of good stuff. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, that's a really good one. Um, you Need a Budget, YNAB is another one that's out there um, that I have had experience with and clients that have used it and stuff like that. So you can either get away with free or you can maybe pay 130 bucks a year or 100 bucks a year or something like that. Um, I just really strongly believe that that is a, a beneficial tool um, for people who really are trying to stay focused and be intentional with the finances. Um, just a, a note on that as far as like um, safety, you know, as far as concern, like, well, my bank accounts and all that are feeding in. Well, I understand that. I mean, we're just kind of in that world. We have to understand that, you know, there's some risk, but um, it's read only data. It's not like you can make transactions in there. It's just simply feeding from, and they're using all of the, you know, whatever bit encryption that 
is above my pay grade. Um, so anyway, so that's that's something that I would strongly recommend, um, just to try to continue to keep tracking and uh, and watching things as we go forward. Um, this is a a quote that's really been kind of sticking in there. I, I can't even remember who said it. Now I listen to an awful lot of podcasts, and I like wrote it in my phone, voice texted it in my phone the other day. So I don't know who who, who said this, but I just really believe this in my heart, in my own life, is discipline becomes absent in the absence of a dream. Kind of going back to that dreaming together, having something that is kind of pulling you, I think is, is just huge. Um, okay, so one of the things that I think is critical to just take an awful lot of weight off is to pay off debt. And you know, the, the Bible says the, um, the borrower is slave to the lender. Um, it's true, and it, it's a, it can be a real burden, and some people get to the point where, you know, the stats are sitting at, that it really just sucks the life out of you, you know, to have these things hanging out there, you know, the car payments, the credit cards, and this and that. And, and again, I mean, it kind of comes back to how much do you want to get rid of it? I mean, is it I think a decision has to be made. It's, it's kind of similar. Elise and I were just talking about this. Um, I've, I've been a terrible motivator for um, trying to help people exercise for years. <laughs> um, back to the point when I was a teenager with my mom, like trying to you know, like make little workout programs for her, stuff like that. I'm like, you know, why aren't you working out more with me, mom? And stuff like that. And maybe I've been guilty of that with my kids too. I don't know. Anyway, um, the older I've gotten, the more I realize that unless somebody wants something, they're not going to have that pull. They're not going to. They have to have it in their heart that they want to do it. And so, this is just something that I've seen, you know, just across the board with clients, with our own life. You know, um, the the weight that comes off from not having that bad and having things out there, you know, is, is just awesome. So I wanted to share just really quick. Um, this is this is um, a pretty cool story. Um, so it's Gail and Jim's. So this is my my niece Jenny and her husband Garrett um, a few years ago. Um, and I don't know. I'm sure probably all of you have heard of Dave Ramsey. Um, the Ramsey organization um, has has really blossomed. They've, they've turned in. They have like almost a thousand employees down there now in Nashville. Um, and they're doing some really cool stuff. They have more than, it's more than just Dave now. They've got a lot of different personalities and stuff really making an impact and a difference in people's lives. But this, the, the, the concept of it, and you've probably heard in your churches maybe, the churches have run the Financial Peace University. Um, um, I was, had the privilege of, of coordinating that a few years back at the Tabernacle of Leo. Um, and it just, it's simple, um, common sense type stuff with a biblical basis that just makes an awful lot of sense. Um, but again, it comes back to, to behavior and, and making a decision on it. But anyway, what's what's really cool about this, I'm going to show you a, a quick video, I think it's like four minutes. Um, Dave Ramsey, down in Nashville, they have their uh, studio down there for the radio show that he does every day. There's like 20 million listeners or something. But they have a studio where you can go down after you have um, become debt-free and go down and basically kind of be interviewed and um, you 
on screen that we're debt free, I'm debt free. It's pretty cool. Uh, Macy and I were just down there about a month ago um, watching some people, and, and, and it's, it's it's pretty cool. The the thing about it is the momentum and just the kind of the community that there is with with the Ramsey thing. But um, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna let this kind of play for itself. But it's it's Jenny and Garrett, and when their kids were little, and they have a couple more now, but uh, just kind of inspiring. Hopefully, the sound comes. Well, yes, if you want to. It was pretty cool. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of them. They, Garrett is a, he finished physical therapy school and um, they just made the decision that they were going to just go after this and knock all of their debt out right out of the gate. So they were, they were young, had a couple young kids. Jenny ended up kind of in the midst of their whole journey. Well, that's why it wasn't coming through here, so I don't know. I'm not sure why it's not playing out of my computer now. Like, it's it's bypassing everything to this, so anybody that wants to see it afterward. Anyway, it was just, it's really cool just to see, you know, family, um, people that, you know, tech man, you got so I guess we're just not going to hear that. But anyway, it was, it's, it's just really exciting. And we've watched, watched another uh, niece and nephew do kind of the same thing, come out of school, knock out student loans and all that kind of stuff that you know they unfortunately had for their, their degrees. But um, those types of things. So if anybody, whether it's you, whether it's a family member or whatever, um, did our tech guy run away that can get us back on? Because I'm not I'm not sure where my PowerPoint went. And I had a few things that I think would be really bad. Um, so anyway, I'll kind of talk through the baby steps. So the the Ramsey baby steps, and and again, this is something that you know I'm not here just to be you know totally touting the, the Ramsey thing, but it's simple, it's straightforward, and I have found over the years that simple, easy is the best way to have any kind of motivation to kind of keep going forward with. You probably do need to have it. <laughs> so I'm going to try to blow these up just a little bit. But the concept of these and, and where this goes is to get $1,000 up for an emergency fund, um, then to pay off all debt um, from smallest to largest, and then get three to six months of living expenses set aside in a emergency fund. And one thing I just wanted to kind of key in on this, I'm not going to go over, you know, all, all the stuff on that because that's easily found out, out there. But one of the things that I have found to be really valuable in my life and, and, and others, when you're putting your emergency fund somewhere, most, so interest rates, as you've probably noticed, have been coming down, 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 down. And we're kind of at the basement here of, of where interest rates are at. They're probably going to start coming up again here, but for anybody who has money sitting in a savings account anywhere, it's like pitiful interest, sometimes barely even anything. Um, and we've watched that over the last year and a half, two years as they come down. But to have that three to six months of living expenses set aside in an emergency fund somewhere is an awesome thing because something is going to come up. Life happens and things come up. And so... When you're doing that, my thing that I have really found to be helpful is to go out to an online bank. I've used them for the last, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. But I just link my local checking account 
It's just a free checking account at, you know, locally. I link it out to, and I happen to use Ally Bank um, now, currently. Um, and the thing that's really cool about them is that there's two things, really. They're paying higher than a local bank interest rate in credit unions. They're going to be kind of top tier um, across the country um, rates. So I just did a search yesterday or the day before on bank rate to see which ones are out there. These were kind of the top ones. And if you looked a year ago, two years ago, a year and a half ago, these would have been like in the twos. So we think, oh, wow, you know, half percent. Well, <laughs> that's actually really good compared to what you're going to find locally. Um, and so for that reason, it's getting a little bit more interest. And as interest rates come up, they're going to come up. The other thing is, is that money is not in your general working account. It's kind of off to the side. You still have very good control of it. You shoot it back and forth via EFP. It takes a couple days, so it's not, you know, in your main working account. So it's outside. It doesn't get confused in with your other money. It's a lot less likely that you're going to just, you know, jump into this. It's got to be more of an intentional thing because at least have a couple days to get it back. Just slide it back into that checking account or savings account locally. Um, the other thing that's pretty cool, like in my Ally account, we have you can you can segregate I don't know five six seven different accounts and call them whatever you want. So like right now we've got a wedding fund um, that's quickly going to be zeroed out. Um, we've got you know annual taxes. We've got vacation. You know those types of things. And so it's kind of nice because when I open up Mint and it's feeding all of this stuff in, I can see the different accounts all the time. The name of the accounts, you know, the wedding account, the whatever, um, is all right there. It's it's super easy for accounting purposes. You don't have to, you know, be as fussy with keeping a spreadsheet or whatever, um, because it's kind of segregated automatically within that account. Plus, it's earning the higher interest rates than you're going to find on a local bank. So that's something that I I just have found just to be really helpful um, as just kind of a takeaway. Um, I put on the little handout thing. Um, three different ones that um, Ally, Capital One, 360 Account, and Synchrony are kind of the top ones that I have had experience with, with clients or myself, top rates in the country. You know, they're somewhere in that half percent right now, which is nothing to write home about, but again, way better. And it's kind of keeping it out of the general working account. So I really like that. Um, enough said on that, I guess. Um, the next thing, I just, I feel very, very strongly on is to make sure that you have life insurance in place, and especially those that are younger with kids. Um, it's cheap. Um, use only term insurance for the period that you need. So, you know, I have, I'm currently, um, my, my main policy, I've got a million dollar policy that's going to, I'm, I can't remember when I got it, it was a 20 year. So it's going to take me into my 50s to the point that I don't need that insurance anymore because if something happens, the kids are gone, the, the assets are larger, the, you know, all those types of things. Buy it cheap, buy it for only the period that you need. Um, and then also whatever you have in the group insurance. And sometimes you have to kind of look at this because in the groups, generally what you'll see, like if through your employer, is you'll see that they're age banded. And so they'll go typically in like a five year age band. So they'll go, you know, 
50 to 55 and so forth. And every age band to get a little bit more expensive. So a lot of times what you can find if you're healthy and you can go out into the marketplace and shop it, you can go get yourself a term policy that in the long run is going to actually be cheaper because the age banding within the group plans is going to continue to go up and these are locked in. So just a little kind of a tip there. Um, the recommended, and it, it's very much dependent on your situation, but the recommended is to have somewhere in that seven to ten times your, um, you know, household income to, and especially if you've got kids and family that you're going to leave um, behind. And I've been doing this long enough. I've been, I've been, you know, twenty over twenty three years now, you know, working through stuff with clients, and it's given me enough time to see, unfortunately, situations where it's come up. Um, to be a real benefit for the families. I've had, um, I remember years ago, I had a, uh, was a single mom, she had three kids. Um, I helped her with a policy, got it in place, we are doing some stuff. She ends up getting diagnosed with a brain tumor and died in like six months. And I'm just so thankful that that was in place. And the other thing that was pretty cool, a lot of the policies, you can actually get prepaid um, if, if you are going to be, you know, if you're terminally ill and you're going to die like within six to, to 12 months, depending on the policy, um, you can actually get it prepaid. And so she was able to go on a cruise with her kids and stuff before she died. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and another situation I had a few years back, we had a, a physician, um, he was early 50s and ended up getting cancer. And he kept putting off. We were working with him on, you know, saying, well, you really need a little bit more here and there, whatever. He kept putting off getting this additional policy. He gets cancer, can't get it. Um, it would have helped the situation out a lot with liquidity and stuff like that. Um, and then the last one, I guess, that I can think of off the top of my head is my sister-in-law a few years back, um, my brother Kurt's wife. She got um, cancer at 49 years old. Just to be able to see how the life insurance that was in place was able to help the family out is just you know kind of walking through some of that with them and the death plan. It just just get it. It's cheap. Um, and one of the things that I look at is to say, don't just go to you know one place. Shop it. Um, there's various places out there, but the one that I have found, and I've got that on this helpful resources thing, but. The one that I have found that's kind of nice, that they don't make you give them an email, they don't make you, you know, start following up with you and stuff like that. It's called termforsale.com, is the number for. And you can go through, you probably can't see this, but I ran this the other day, just to kind of give you an idea. Um, it shops out there in the marketplace. So this is a male, age 45, non-smoker, best, best rate class, you know, health-wise. Half a million bucks, and these are 20-year level premiums. For 45 year olds, 550 bucks a year, and you can see there's you know a few companies at the top here that are you know highly rated financially that are going to be there to pay the claims out, and you know you can't not do this, and especially as a young family, um, it's, it may not make sense if you're in your senior years and you know trying to go out and buy a policy and stuff like that. But um, anyway. I know we're running short on time here, so I'm not gonna not gonna go on. But that's a that's a really good resource to so find somebody that's um, um, you know gonna be able to shop it for you. Um, I'm not gonna go deep on the investing because it's just stuff time. Um, 
had some stuff I was going to show, but we obviously are out of time. So my thought on this is that definitely, definitely get to the point where you're putting money away for retirement. Pay yourself after tithe, after main expenses. Make it one of your items. Pay yourself and put it away. The sooner you start, the better. And don't get crazy with it. Get stay simple. Keep your blinders on. Don't listen to the media, to the news. If you look at the charts, you're going to come back. Just keep plowing money in. If your employer's matching, you know, just, just do it. Um, that's, that's a huge uh, thing. The next thing I wanted to kind of hit on, and, and again, I'm not wanting to run us out of time too bad here. Um, I've got a kind of legacy box or file. Um, this is a big thing. You know, something happens and one of the spouses is headed home and gets T-boned and they're the one that does all the finances. Um, it can be daunting and horrible. And so take the time, even though it's no fun, to have this stuff laid out. And honestly, there's, there's really two things. So something that's aggregating your accounts like the, you know, the, the mint or the um, you need a budget or whatever, those types of things. So the, the remaining spouse can see where everything's at. The other thing that I have found super helpful is, and this is the one that I use, there, it's, it's basically a password keeper. And I have found this to be so helpful. Um, I have probably 150 usernames and passwords in mine. I happen to use LastPass. I put a few of them on here on this helpful resources thing. There's a few good ones out there. I continually talk to IT people about this and, you know, is it safe and blah, blah, blah. And yes, it is. I mean, it, but basically what this is, instead of somebody keeping like a little note, you know, pad and put it in the gun safe or whatever, um, it's all there. You can access it on your phone. You can access it anywhere. So it takes an awful lot of frustration out of things. My wife is the one who is paying the bills, um, and she's constantly, it took her a while to get into using LastPass and putting all these energy passwords in there, but it's so much better. You can both go in at any time. It launches right out of it. So, you know, with that being that mentioned here in your example, but um, you can go into this, and it launches right into the website. If it doesn't happen to work, you can look at your username and password and any kind of changes, it updates, and all that kind of stuff. It takes so much stress out. Um, I would strongly recommend using some type of an electronic passkeeper like that. It's just really helpful. Okay, um, we're running out of time. So we're gonna talk just kind of briefly, I'm gonna bring Elise back up and talk about this. Kids and money, um, if you have kids, grandkids, whatever, um, you know, the, the thought process of more is caught than pot is, you know, in, in finances and anything, I think, is, is absolutely true. Um, one of the other things I would say is the parents' finances need to come first. We can't always, the kids aren't number one in all these things. They kind of have to put your own oxygen mask on first sometimes, you know. Um, but one of the things I had kind of on this list was um, how we, how we did the, the cars with the kids and did a matching program. So Elise, why don't you talk about that and just kind of some of the things and we'll, we'll talk really quick on the, the list. Okay. 
So for our cars, my sister and I, um, we both worked in elementary, middle school, high school, whatever. Um, and we saved up our own money. So from the beginning, the promise was we're going to match whatever you make. And basically, they'll double what we had made over those few years to buy our car. And at that time, I was like watching my friends, you know, and getting up into high school or whatever, watching my friends' parents buy them cars. And, you know, they'd never worked a day in their life. And I thought it was so unfair. And I was like, this is so dumb. Like, why do I have to work for my car? And um, as I saw, like, these kids um, and the lack of, like, discipline that it took in their lives, like, I started to realize that this is one of the best things my parents could have done for me. Um, and matching that um, helped me. And the fact that I had my, you know, I put some skin in the game. Like I had to, um, I let, I was all of a sudden responsible for the car that I was going to get. And in the end, because I'm a spender, um, <laughs> I didn't get the car that I wanted. Um, I didn't get my dream car or whatever. Um, and in the last few years, I've watched my younger sister, um, and she saved and saved and saved, and she ended up getting the Jeep that she's dreamed of, um, while I'm still driving my Honda that I didn't want. Um, <laughs> but Just to give a little interjection on that, um, <laughs> her car is actually way better than her sister's in reality. It's going to go a long time. I, I got a really good deal on a Honda Accord for her, and I actually gave her a discount to get it because she didn't really want it, but it's been a good car. It's gotten her through college, and I think it's going to run a number of years into their uh, first few years of marriage. So, anyway, but thank you for sharing on that, and I think that I think it's been I think it's been pretty cool. Um, actually, while you're still up here, I'm going to jump over to this. This has been something else that we did um, with the kids that I think was was kind of cool. So go ahead and tell them how it works and what we did. So Financial Peace University um, is more for the adults. So they geared the Financial Peace Junior for the kids. Um, and looking at this, I didn't even recognize it when he first showed me these pictures because the ones that we used was really old school. So um, the ones that I was using, you know, they're like paper envelopes with little Velcro closures and they're ripped and whatever. But basically the whole point is you have your tasks um, that you need to get done that day and then you can get penalties. Um, and I was a super emotional kid. That hasn't changed much. Um, but I was a super emotional kid and I would get penalized for crying or arguing or, you know. Um, and so I didn't get the income that I wanted as, you know, a 12 year old. But um, so each day um, it taught me responsibility. So if I wanted to make more money, I had to behave myself and get all my chores done. Um, and my sister, again, made way more money than me. Um, um, so basically, this is something that um, I think would be really beneficial in a lot of kids' lives to teach them responsibility because um, as I've gotten older and, you know, I have adult money or whatever now, um, I'm starting to see where having those um, envelopes where you have the different things, it's not like I actually put my money in envelopes now, but um, having like the spending, the saving, and the giving, um, and separating those out, and uh, you know, not meticulously like um, going through everything, but knowing like this is what I'm gonna spend 
then that means that I have this much to put into savings and then the rest of this is going to go to a charity or to the church and more time. Yeah, it, it, it's, been, it's been pretty cool. Um, we, we like that. And just while we're still on the kids, the other last thing, we honestly, it, it, it's a challenge sometimes when putting kids through education, you know, that's very expensive even in the elementary high school years to save up for college. And um, we didn't do as good of a job as, as we, we could have on that. Um, I will freely admit we had some, but we've had to you know, cash flow a lot here recently. And it's, it's, been, it's been a challenge, um, you know, with Southern and Great Lakes and whatever. But um, one of the things, if the money's there, or if there's grandparents or whatever, um, is if you can put money into an education savings account. So Michigan 529 is a really good one. Um, the 529 accounts are, are really nice because if they use it for college, it's entirely tax-free. So whatever, if you've got a younger kid or a grandkid, you can have money in there, it grows tax-free as long as it's used for that. If the kid doesn't go to school or if they get a scholarship or whatever, um, you can move that and, and change the, you're, you're the owner on it, or the grandparents or whoever the owner. You can change the beneficiary, the student, over to the next kid or the next kid or the next kid or to yourself or to somebody in the family. If you run out of people in the family, the worst case scenario is that you've had the tax deferral for years and you pay a penalty on the gain. Um, so there's a 10% penalty in whatever tax bracket that you fall in in terms of your income. So it, it really is a good tool and, um, and, and pretty cool in that regard. So misaves.com is a good one here in Michigan um, and then scholarships. So we're going to kind of move along here. Um, this is a Dave Ramsey quote that I, I really do believe um, is pretty cool. Um, if you'll live like no one else, later you can live and give like no one else. And I've watched my nephews. I've watched so many people go through that. Um, and, and this is, and, and it's just really cool um, to kind of watch that and the, the giving. Um, I threw a picture in Macy and I were down in Nashville. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so kind of just final thoughts wrapping up. We, we're uh, out of time here, but I think the, the big thing that I just always try to, and it's hard sometimes, we're distracted, we're whatever, but the money's not actually ours. We're simply stewards. We're, we're watching over it for God. We're doing what we can to steer it in the right directions, and I think that that's something that we need to continually put back into our, our thought process. Um, so I just, you know, I put up there I I think it's I think it's gonna be pretty cool and this is not just money but you know to someday to be able to have um, you know Jesus say well done good and faithful servant and I you know this is just one area and, and it's a big one so all right well thank you I'm sorry for the technical problems but uh, if anybody has questions or wants to talk later or watch the video with sound later um, happy to stick around so thank you very much to listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio2021 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.